Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Well, good morning, everyone. I hope you all are having a great week so far. And we are getting closer and closer to, uh, if you have not heard, uh, we have our all dream team night for all of those that uh, come out that serve the house in all different capacities. Uh, If you are a dream teamer, and that doesn't mean just Sunday, that includes all of you that come and help and do many, many different things uh, all throughout the week as well. and uh, they're just loving on what we do at this house to help reach people far from Jesus and continue to equip them and then going to all the nations. So we have our all dream team night and that is coming up on September 10th, September 10th. So not this Sunday, but next Sunday night. Uh, and so we're really looking forward to that. Um, If you have not registered for that, we really want to urge you to do that so that we can be prepared and ready and to receive you all, love on you all, refresh you guys uh, for all that you do for the kingdom of God. So we're really excited about that. Um, But man, I'm excited to dive into 1 Samuel 19 today. Uh, That's what we're diving into, 1 Samuel 19, um, and kind of really seeing this more turmoil uh, of what Saul is doing um and we're going to be talking about bitterness a little bit today uh as as a constant theme with him uh and really kind of some of the examples specifically that come out here in uh, 1 Samuel 19 so let's pray and then let's dive into the word and see what God has for us today all right so Father, we just come to you this morning uh, with open hearts and open minds. Lord, we just pray that um, you just just show us what you want us to take from this story, from uh, you know this small snippet of a much bigger story of between Saul uh, and David and what's going on. Lord, as we uh, dive into your word, just may you speak to our hearts, may you speak to our minds, may you give us something to walk away with today uh, and to help change us and so that we're closer to you so that we're following you, and so that we're loving you more, even deeper today. Lord, I surrender myself to you as I normally do, that uh, this be your word and not my own. Uh, Teach me as much as you're teaching everyone else uh, on this Zoom and on this podcast. And so, Lord, we just love you, and we thank you. We give this all up in your name, uh, Jesus. Amen. All right. I am reading out of the new NLT, the New Living Translation. Get that cup of coffee, stretch it out, and then let's let's dive in. All right, verse one. Saul now urged his servants and his son Jonathan to assassinate David. But Jonathan, uh, because his strong affection for David, uh, told him what what his father was planning to do. Tomorrow morning, he warned him, you must find a hiding place out in the fields 
I'll ask my father to go out there with me. I'll mm, talk to him uh, about, mm, about you. Then I'll tell you everything I can find out. Verse four, the next morning, Jonathan spoke with his father about David, saying many good things about him. The king must not sin against his servant, David. Jonathan said, he's never done anything to harm you. He has always helped you in any way he could. You have forgotten about the time he risked his life to kill the Philistine giant and how the Lord brought a great victory to all Israel as a result. Uh, you were certainly happy about it then. Why should you murder an innocent man like David? There is no reason for it at all. So Saul listened to Jonathan and vowed, as surely as the Lord lives, David will not be killed. Afterward, Jonathan called David and told him what had happened. Then he brought in David to Saul, and David served in the court as before. War broke out again after that, and David led his troops against the Philistines. He attacked them with such fury, they all ran away. But one day when Saul was sitting at home with spear in hand, the <clears throat> tormenting spirit from the Lord suddenly came upon him again. As David played his harp, Saul hurled his spear at David, but David dodged out of the way. And leaving the spear stuck in the wall, he fled and escaped into the night. Verse 11, then Saul sent troops to watch David's house. They were told to kill David when he came out the next morning. But Michal, David's wife, warned him, if you don't escape tonight, you will be dead by morning. So she helped him climb out of the window and he fled and escaped. Then she took an idol and put it in his bed, covered it with blankets, and put a cushion of goat's hair at its head. When the troops came to arrest David, she told them he was sick and couldn't get out of bed. But Saul sent the troops back to David. He ordered, bring him to me in his bed so I can kill him. But when they came to hurt and carry David out, they discovered that it was only an idol on the bed with a cushion of goat's hair at its head. Why have you betrayed me like this and let my enemy escape? Saul demanded of McCall. I told, I had to, McCall replied. He threatened to kill me if I didn't help him. So David escaped and went to Ramah to see Samuel. And he told him all that Saul had done to him. Then Samuel took David with him to live at Naoth. When the report reached Saul that David was at Naoth in Ramah, he sent troops to capture him. But when they arrived and saw Samuel leading a group of prophets who were prophesying, the Spirit of God came upon Saul's men, and they also began to prophesy. When Saul heard what had happened, he sent other troops, but they too prophesied. The same thing happened a third time. Finally, Saul himself went to Ramah and arrived at the great uh, well of Seku. There, uh, where are Samuel and David? He demanded. They are at Naoth in Ramah, someone told him. But on the way to Naoth in Ramah, the Spirit of God came upon Saul, and he, too, began to prophesy all the way to Naoth. 
He tore off his clothes and lay naked on the ground all day and all night, prophesying in the presence of Samuel. The people who were watching exclaimed, What is even what is even Saul a prophet? The word of the Lord. <laughs> Man, God works in mysterious ways, huh? This is some this comes kind of some like what is what is even God doing in this, right? Uh definitely at the end there, and we're we're gonna dive into that. But we just see this uh continued pattern. I say continue because we've been reading about it in chapters beforehand. And guess what? We're going to continue to read about it even after this chapter as well. But there's just this continued woven pattern of um, of Saul and just his bitterness, of his jealousy, of uh, he he's jealous of somebody that's not even trying to make him jealous. He just is who he is. He's doing what he's supposed to be doing. And yet... Others are jealous. You know, we it's this really annoying thing in that, unfortunately, it even attacks us Christians, and probably even more so, because there is a level that uh, we are even more attuned to certain things the more and more we walk with God. God lets us have more spiritual eyes, spiritual ears, um, you know, and we get to sense different things about ourselves and other people. And so there's a level that we even recognize this kind of stuff. Uh, I was talking with somebody and this, have you ever watched a movie and you see the characters in the pain or the issues or the betrayal or whatever sin that they're doing? And you just point out biblically, like, you got a freedom issue. You got a bitterness root. You got this. You need freedom class. I got a class for you coming up because this weekend coming up is a connect group sign up shameless plug. <laughs> so, but you know, you ever sat there and go, you just, you have like this idea and this understanding of what is going on in people's lives. Uh, and we see it all over. We see it in other people. We see it in ourselves. And here we see that just this root of bitterness continue to weave through this story uh, with Saul. Uh, bitterness of jealousy, bitterness of just wanting to uh, get rid of somebody that's uh, doing, quote unquote, better than him uh, in retrospect uh, of certain things, just wanting to get rid of. And so that I can look better, so that I can look more mighty. Uh, I'm the king and I should be like in uh, 1 Samuel 18, right? It said that Saul was accounted for thousands but David was accounted for 10,000 of kills when they go out to battle. And so Saul is jealous and envious and ultimately bitter at the root that David kills more people. David uh, is more victorious. David is used in what he perceives to be a mightier way. In all reality, it's just a different way. If Saul was more surrendered to the Lord, you could see that what God is doing is just different, not better than David versus him and David, and that he's king right now. David's not king. Saul is. But he's too worried about what David could be, what David's going to be, what David, uh, how other people perceive and love David. And this bitterness continues to weave itself deeper and deeper into Saul's heart. 
So here we see that Saul has uh, absolutely said all of his servants, which puts his servants actually in a conundrum because uh, it tells that all of the army and everybody love David. They, they're excited that David is uh, in charge of the military, that David is in charge of all this. And so uh, these servants of Saul, these better be either very select men that for some reason are very blinded and uh, and will absolutely follow his rule, or it's just, hey, Saul is this kind of king that if I don't, it's my neck on the line. And so I have to go just do what he's telling me to do. However that is playing out, it's not too fun to be one of these servants uh, in Saul's kingdom right now. And he says, you're going to go assassinate. And he even tells his son, Jonathan, actually, very first verse, and his son, Jonathan, to assassinate David. Saul's bitterness is so much that is blinding him to not even recognize that his son, Jonathan, and David are such close best friends that they even made it a godly covenant between each other that they're going to have each other's back. And so he does this, but then here's the great thing. Jonathan, being another great man of God, does exactly what we should be doing when we see somebody doing wrong or dealing with a root of some kind of sinful behavior, such as bitterness, that's causing them to act out in a certain way. We see that he goes straight to his dad and tells him the king must not sin against his servant. He's calling it what it is. He's not sugarcoating it to dad. He's not, Hey dad, this is not really the best idea. He's saying, look, man, this is sin. This isn't just like you're wronging against David. This isn't just you're wronging against, you know, what we as people should and should not be doing but you're going against what God has said not to do. Thou shall not murder. And so he's telling him straight out, look, in love, here is the truth. This is sin. Why are you sinning? The king must not sin against his servant, David. And then he goes on to remind him of what all David has done to help the kingdom in which Saul has been appointed to be king of. He's never done anything to harm you. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Why are you trying to harm him? He has always helped you in any way he could. You see that just, so he's trying to turn his heart. He's trying to do whatever he can to really just let him know, look, David's not your enemy. David should be and is actually your ally, but you're making him an enemy because of your jealousy and bitterness. Your personal problem is making it other people's problems now. Don't make your personal problem other people's problems. Take your personal problem straight to the Lord. And there's a problem with bitterness is that it's a root. It's a root. We see in Hebrews 12, verse 15. 
look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. See, in Hebrews, the the writer of Hebrews says that, guess what? It's not only just a root, but it's a poisonous root. What does poison do? Many poisons, like if you look at a lot of snake poisons, uh, snake bites and things like that, it kills the nervous system. It, it attacks the nervous system immediately and starts destroying it. Not all poisons do that, but this uh, quite a few from snakes do. And there's a point where this poisonous root, it's going straight to the vein. It's destroying your senses to understand anything else and feel around what's going on because you're so consumed with this poisonous root of bitterness that you have lost touch re- with reality. You have no feeling and sense of reality anymore because you're consumed by this. And we just, in, in our own sermons and everything, it was just, man, if the root is holy, the branches are holy. But the reverse is very true. If the root is bitter, ooh, the branches are nasty. Those branches are not good. Those branches are definitely not holy. It's not going to fare well. It, don't let the root of bitterness grow up and trouble you. And of course, corrupting many. And we see exactly that it is corrupting many because definitely Saul is in a position of power and he's able to easily and quickly and enforcefully spread that corruption to others and get them involved in his sin, telling him to go kill David. This is something for us to just be really, really mindful. And it's really hard to be. This is why we need to have people like Jonathan in our life. This is why we need to have it, because guess what? That poisonous root kills our senses. It kills our ability to see and understand. We think we're doing the right thing. We think that we're we're being justice. We're being uh, righteous. We're being uh, the hands and feet of Jesus. We're doing the right thing. We're calling people out. But really, is it or are you just being really bitter? Are you feeling really just so jealous of somebody else? Are you really just trying to go after your own self-interest, self-pride? But it's hard to see that because right here, it's poisonous. So we need Jonathans in our life. This is why we can't do life alone. This is why we're all about connect groups again. This is why uh, we're excited for this new season of connect groups at church. And so we're going to be jumping into the first weekend of signups this weekend. This is why we're so adamant about doing things and hanging out together and coming together and serving together. So that we have Jonathans in our life. So we have friends and family that also share the same faith, that have those spiritual eyes and can recognize 
when some kind of poisonous root is starting to seep into our life and they can come and call us out. And this is where, Lord help us, we have the ears to at least listen to the Jonathans in our life. If somebody is coming to you right now and telling you, you need to calm down, you need to let this go, you need to like just pray and give it to God, you need to do whatever. If somebody is coming to you out of love, but with a truthful voice, you might want to start listening. This might be the clue that's trying to let you know, guess what? I'm seeing something starting to take root in your life that's not going to be beneficial. That's not going to be helping you. It's going to lead you down a path that you don't want to go. We need Jonathans in our life. Now, here's the other problem here that we see with Saul is that Jonathan worked, but only temporarily. Jonathan's plea to his dad uh, saying, look, you can't do this. This is sin. David's not harm to you. you, you whatever you're thinking is, is completely out of, out of whack here. And he cools him down temporarily in verse 6. So Saul listened to Jonathan and vowed, as surely as the Lord lives, David will not be killed. So two things with this statement. One, he's unknowingly prophetic because David doesn't get killed. Spoiler alert. Okay. But that's not really Saul's intent. Saul's just saying this at this time. And maybe he's cooled down enough that he, for the moment, in the moment, he might be believing it. But we see just again, just again, David comes back in. David's on the court. David's good to go. A war breaks out again, and David does awesome again. David does something that makes Saul jealous. He's so ferocious in battle. He's such a warrior. He's such a big manly dude. He's so cool. Everyone loves him. He's the hero of the nation. He's the hero around here. Everybody wants to be David. Nobody says, I dress up as Saul for Halloween. They all want to be David for Halloween. They all want to do whatever. Everybody wants to be David because David was so ferocious that the Philistines ran in such fury away. David's so awesome. And so Saul is like, nobody wants to dress up as me. Nobody wants to be me. I need people to want me. And he's so mad and his bitterness continues to now get more infectious. I got to get rid of this guy. He's showboating me up. I can't have a one-upper around me, which that's not what David's doing, but his bitterness distorts his vision so bad. His bitterness distorts his vision so bad. And then we see, thank God for David's wife. Come on, let's, let, let's give it up for any of those good wives out there taking care of their husbands. McCall saves David's life here, starting in verse 11, that she and she's like, yo, man, you got to get out of here. Honey, boo boo, you got to go. As much as I don't want you to go, you need to go because I want to see you again. And because uh, <laughs> my man is about to kill you. So she gets him out, out the window. He runs out. Thank God for people around David's life. 
that are also God-fearing and protectors. Again, we need people in our lives that are God-fearing and willing to stand up and tell us what's up and protect us. (laughs) David would not be able to do any of this alone. We have the one story that he went up there uh, to kill Goliath by himself. But guess what? He still had an army behind him. David didn't really do anything alone. David always had God. And David had the support of other people. We can't do life alone, no matter how talented, no matter how anointed, no matter how any of this. You can't do life alone. So we have to maintain. That's why we come together. That's why the church was set up the way it is. So that things like this, if things are coming against you, you have godly people around you to help lift you up. You have godly people around you to help steer you back in the right path. You have godly people around you to tell you the truth in love and get you out that window when you need to. And so we see that that's happening. We see that his wife's pushing him out and uh, in a a loving way. And then she's covering it up to try to even buy him more time as she puts, as she does like the whole, uh, I'm just going to make the bed look like it's David and, and, uh, and put this like weird idol statue, which, Kind of a question, why you got an idol statue within arm's reach real quick? We should not be having those. But whatever, she used what she could. And, um, and she put that other uh, cushion of goat's hair next to it and just buying more time for him. And then on top of it, here's the other thing. Saul's bitterness created such rage in him that it made others very, very fearful of their own life if they were at all in any way in the path of Saul towards what he wanted to ultimately do. And we see this played out in McCall here in that she says, he threatened to kill me if I didn't help him. Which just lines earlier, we didn't read any of that. But she's threatened by him. Why have you betrayed me like this and let my enemy escape? That Saul said to McCall, why have you done this? Why, why are you, he's manipulating the situation by trying to say that David is his enemy, which he's not. And he's trying to also say that you betrayed me. In all reality, they're trying to protect Saul just as much as they're protecting David. Because once you murder somebody, there's no undoing that. But Saul doesn't see it, that this is not only protection for David, but honestly, this is also protection for Saul. But he still doesn't get it. He still doesn't get it. We see that this just continues to play out with him, and there's a couple Proverbs that were uh, such big that really kind of rung out uh, with this whole theme. Uh, Proverbs 12, 12, 
thieves are jealous of each other. Uh, thieves are jealous of each other's loot, but the godly are well rooted and bear their own fruit. The godly are well rooted and bear their own fruit. You see that the whole premise of this one is thieves or those that just want to continue to sin. They're always just jealous of somebody else's stuff. There's this constant coveting. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's fame. Maybe it's uh, a mixture of all of it. And that's exactly what we see in Saul. He's always coveting something about David, that other people like David. But if we read back when Saul first entered into the story, we read that he's this beautiful, tall individual. Many people thought that he was one of the most handsome men out there. He was tall. He came from a a well-off family in the tribe of Benjamin. He, He has a lot of things going for him, and he's the first anointed king of Israel. He has so much going for him, but he's so blinded by all that he does have that he can't see that. And he just keeps wanting more and keeps wanting what David has. And David's just like, I'm not trying to do anything, man. I'm actually trying to help uphold you and serve you and be a good servant under your kingdom. Again, the bitterness continues to blind him. In Proverbs 14, 22, if you plan to do evil, you will be lost. If you plan to do good, you will receive unfailing love and faithfulness. You see that none of this just, he just didn't wake up one day and say, I'm just going to kill David. It didn't come out of nowhere. The root of poison started leaking and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it smart started with something small. It started with just a little bit of jealousy. It started with just a little bit of envy. It started with just a little bit of coveting what he has. It started with just a, just a thread of it. And not dealing with it, not getting rid of it, not taking it to God, not praying over it, not talking with somebody and trying to release that and get rid of it. He had no freedom. And it just kept growing. It got so bad that guess what? We saw that just other people are so scared to be around him that they're even willing to lie to save their own neck. We see this weird thing at the end as, as we close today. Um, it, it sounds weird at first, but when we really kind of dissect it, God works in mysteriously beautiful ways. Such a very, very um, beautiful way that God is kind of working here. And so um, Saul sends people to go after David. David's uh, met up with Samuel and He sends his troops and his first wave of troops meet up with uh, Samuel that's already leading a group of prophets. And the spirit of the Lord comes on the first wave of troops and just makes them stop dead in their tracks 
and they're just joining in and they're prophesying and they almost have lost control of themselves that the spirit of the Lord is just upon them. A second wave and that happens again. The third wave and it happens again. Saul is just like, wait a minute, what are these reports that my men just all of a, all of a sudden just stopped being warriors and became prophets all at, you know, at the control of the Holy Spirit? So Saul just says, fine, you know, if, if they can't do it, I'm going to do it myself. And so they move on. And Saul just comes up and he's he comes closer. And as he gets closer, uh, the Holy Spirit drops on him and he begins to prophesy all the way to Naoth. He tore off his clothes and lay naked on the ground all day and all night. He tore off his clothes and lay naked on the ground all day and all night, prophesying in the presence of Samuel. Now, here's one thing. Uh, naked. Um, in Hebrew in here could ultimately mean uh, he just tore off his outer garments. He could have kept his underwear on, right? So in this, but here's the ultimate like kind of point in this. That God had him rip off everything that on the outer shell said that you were a king, that you were important, that other people needed to respect and listen to you. I'm going to rip all that off of you. I'm going to rip all the what you think is important off of you. I'm going to rip off that title that you hold so dearly to. And that honestly, this is the only way that you're getting things done. Is the title that you have. The the majesty in which you want to covet so much. And try to keep building on your own. And there's this, there's this sentiment of just. Uh, I, I build kingdoms and then I tear them down is what God says. There's this principle of, uh, of being surrounded versus being surrendered. These men were mainly as we look at Saul, because really Saul's the only life in this scenario that we can really analyze uh, this principle to that they were surrounded by the presence of the Lord. They were affected by the presence of the Lord. They had an experience by the presence of the Lord, but they, they were not surrendered. And there's a massive difference. There's many times that we can be surrounded by the presence of the Lord, but are we surrendered to the presence of the Lord? And if we are not surrendered, true heart, long life change does not happen. True long life change does not happen. Being surrounded, you'll have an effect. You'll get affected. God can do whatever. But God truly makes life change happen when we surrender. That's the biggest change. So if we want to get rid of our poisonous bitter root in our lives, if we want to get rid of 
uh, all of these things that we see or even allow other people to help us do such, we have to get rid of the fact of not just being surrounded, but we need to be surrendered. Change doesn't happen unless we are surrendered. So the question for you today is, are you fully surrendered? Fully. Or are there things in your life? Are there areas in your life? Are there whatever in your life that you're not surrendered? And if so, maybe that's what you need to turn and pray about today as you jump off this podcast and if you jump off this call. Say, Lord, I need to surrender fully to you so that I don't have a poisonous bitter root, but I can do exactly what you have for me. Let's pray. Father, we just, we love you and we thank you for your word today. We thank you for, uh, unfortunately, this uh, situation of Saul trying to go after your anointed David. But that's the other thing, that Saul was anointed too. Saul was anointed to be king. But unfortunately, he just completely lost his way and was going about it his own way. Lord, may we take these lessons and learn for ourselves. May we not worry about our own way. May we let go of uh, this bitter root. May we let go of whatever it is that may be ensnaring us. Even if it's just something small, as we see and saw that even something small grew to something so great that really took him down. Lord, we just pray that you just continue to work in us. May we be surrendered today to you. May our hearts be surrendered to you. And that you send your Holy Spirit to change us even more so today. Lord, we love you. And we pray this all in your mighty name. In Jesus, amen and amen. All right, everyone. Thank you all so much. We can't wait. This weekend, again, is going to be uh, the first of three weekends for Connect Group signups. And so you won't want to miss that. Uh, And then on top of it, um, all a dream team night for all of you that are uh, loving on the house and just giving of your time and your talent. Uh, We want to thank you all so much. And so uh, September 10th, please sign up. We'll see you then. Take care. God bless. Love you all and see you then.